Good evening. You are listening to a Radiligen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilich. And tonight, our favorite show is Chip and Dale. No, not that kind. The animated ones. Keep the focus, people. Chip and Dale, Park Life, brought to you by the good people at uh, Xylam Studios and the Walt Disney Company France. Uh, this aired July 28th on Disney Plus for... 12 episodes of three shorts apiece at about seven minutes. Uh, the final one of season one uh, aired October 13th, 2021. Here to discuss all things animated and sometimes not, ladies and gentlemen from Honeysuckle Rose Creations, Alexis Haina. How do you do, madam? Doing well. And to those who are following us live, happy Veterans Day today. God bless those who have served. Some gave all, all gave some. All right. Very nice. So you and I, uh, I think they announced this during the the May drop of uh, shows. Um, you know when they said, "Hey, this is when Loki's going to premiere." The Bad Batch, Monsters, um, whatever it was called. Uh, I can't remember. We, we just reviewed it. The Monsters Inc. show uh, at like the very end of that announcement, they were like, "Oh, and Chip and Chip and Dale Park Life." And you and I talked about it, and we were like, "Oh, you know what? We've been, we've really been enjoying the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. We should check out this Chip and Dale show." Not what I expected. It was uh, a little different. Definitely not. Although I do remember getting a little confused because they did mention, I want to say it was at the uh, Disney's investors meeting that they were working on a new Chippendale feature, which was going to have the voices of John Mulaney as Chip and Andy Samberg as Dale, which I got crazy excited for, partly because I adore John Mulaney. He's one mm -hmm. of my favorite comedians. And then when this came out, I was like, yes. But then when I started watching, I was like, oh, wait this is something else so it's like i think i got a little overly excited because i thought this was something else not that this is a bad product it's mm -hmm. not but i'm sitting here kind of going so where's the feature i was promised i think they're still working on it i think that's that's the rescue rangers live action film normally i'm not a fan of that kind of a thing but again john laney and andy samberg is chippendale i'm sorry it, it just sounds too damn good <laughs> It does, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it once uh, once it eventually comes out. You know, Disney. Just a real quick aside, Disney Plus, uh, like a lot of the streaming services, um, they were playing catch up, and they kind of just threw it out there with you know thinking, oh, well, our archive will get us through until we can get some of these things that you know exclusive content produced. I think the lesson they learned was they might have they. No one knew the the pandemic was coming was the other part of it, but just Very the. True the idea that um you know the thing that draws people to these streaming services is the exclusive content and they just didn't have enough of it to start with it's dribbling out now and things are going at a, at a at a fine pace but hi jonas um i'm actually watching this i'm actually i'm watching this on tv oh okay cool and thanks for thanks for supporting us get out of here <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. no less worse than the uh, labrador currently resting on my, <laughs> my head 
So, um, yeah, so I mean, so I so the reason I brought that up is like I think Chip and Dale uh, Rescue Rangers was something that they'd wanted to do, but they they they're, it's in development now or in some stages of pre-production. In any mm-hmm. case, back to Chip and Dale uh, Park Life. So the thing about this is watching the old Chip and Dale cartoons. Um, to your recollection, I don't think there were very many that were just then. They seem to have a lot of interactions with Donald Duck, or at the very least Pluto. I don't mm-hmm. remember that them necessarily having individualized shorts to themselves, or if they did, it was very few. Yeah, I'm actually looking up their Wikipedia page here. Uh, let's see here. They were only in 23 uh, animated shorts in uh, classic Disney. And yeah, most of them, uh, they were paired up with uh, Pluto, Mickey, or most often Donald. Right. Uh, just something about them harassing donald and driving him nuts oh one of my favorite donald duck cartoons is the one where he's making the nut butter mm-hmm. you know i i can't and i remember like that was actually attached to maybe like a, a feature film of collect of collected shorts or something i just remember like i watched that i had it on vhs as a kid and that was one of the ones i watched the crap out of um I actually had the one where they hide in the uh, tree that Mickey chops down for yeah. a Christmas tree. And Mickey doesn't realize it, but Pluto does. And Pluto's mm-hmm. trying desperately to get him out without destroying all the Christmas decorations. Yeah, one of them dresses up as the candle. And then he's like, okay, we'll light the candles. And he keeps blowing it out. That's a classic one. We watch that every Christmas. That is a good one. Very good for the holidays. You could somewhat make out what Chip and Dale were saying in those shows. A lot of it was mm-hmm. mild gibberish, but some of it was intelligible. I think most of it was, I, let's see here. looks like, uh, yeah, they had a couple of specific voice actors uh, in the mm-hmm. 40s and 50s. Jimmy McDonald, Billy Bletcher, Ann Lloyd, and Helen Silbert uh, for most of the shorts. And yeah, I guess they just sped had them say their lines and they sped up the footage right. uh, as quickly as they could. Not unheard of uh, the, for uh, voice acting in the t- at the time. The comic duo setup here was classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Chip was the straight man. Dale was the the dopey, uh, you know, the dopey funny one. And and you could tell because he had buck teeth and a big nose. He, was he the, had he was... the re- he had the red clown nose to That's be specific. Right. He was the clown. Yes. Um, and so Chip was always very, very focused. He was, they were the odd couple, you mm-hmm. know, one was Felix and one was Oscar. Chip was always very focused and very like straight laced and like, we must get the nuts in the tree. This is the objective. And then, you know, Dale was, you know, wandering off into the forest, messing with Donald, you know, goofing around. There was a lot of, you know, and then, you know, there was always a pump bop on the head. <laughs> I bring, <laughs> I bring that up because Chip and Dale Park life kind of messes with that dynamic a bit. Just a little bit. This one, while Dale does have, I think, more shorts where he is the clown and Chip is the straight man, Mm -hmm. uh, we get a handful more where they're either on equal footing. And there's a couple where Chip is the one who makes the mistakes. Yeah. Like, this is not a dramatic series by any stretch of the imagination, but there were definitely some shorts here where... Like, you know, put some sad piano music in there and, you know, (laughs) and intelligible dialogue. And Chip is having a time. Like, if I play the drink, play a drinking game, every time one of these two characters burst into tears, you will have kidney failure and and, and liver poisoning by the time you're done. Like, there's a lot where he's really struggling in these, like, overdramatically, which was a bit of a shock for me. Yeah, try to take a drink every time they do the happy dance, and you will die. 
Yeah, indeed. All right. So do, what do you know about the studio? Anything? This uh, Xylan? Not that much here. I'm going to actually. Xylan animation here. Uh, Martu uh, Pavdis and his brother Alex founded in 1999 as a replacement for the animation division of uh, Gamont Multimedia. Mm -hmm. I, I do know some French, but I am probably massacring that. <laughs> um, most of the products that I'm seeing here are um, European or French only. It does look like they did. They worked on the uh, 2019 Mr. Magoo series in, co in collaboration with Classic Media. But other than that, I'm seeing things like Dragonflies, Skydancers, Space Goofs, Augie and the Cockroaches. Uh, so yeah, it looks like most of their products stayed uh, overseas. The animation in this is quite good. It has a really unique style that separates it. It has a it gives a really good homage to classic Disney animation, mm -hmm. but it's still its own. I think the best version you can see of that actually is in the animation of Pluto, who is given a much more sharper. Well, what I'm sorry, what sharper? You say sharper. See, I actually I, see more. It sounds as weird as it sounds. More toony design. He's got okay. his legs are a little bit more string bean. He's got slightly bigger paws. I feel um, like um, the, the classic Disney animation, and I don't, I don't know what the artistic term for this is. Is everything is very round, very circular. Mm -hmm. like if you've ever seen um, an artist composing a sketch, you know, and they, and they start with the bare bones of it, um, you know, sometimes it's it's you know it's shaded lines some of them use circles you know it's a mm -hmm. series of circles and they of sort course. of uh composite the circles on top of each other until they have a figure mm -hmm. disney style animation always felt like the latter and this doesn't this doesn't feel like a series of circles no it doesn't it's still really good though i was very mm -hmm. impressed with the background work there's a short uh that we'll discuss coming up here where they get lost in a bramble bush that they to them mm -hmm. comes across like a jungle and i was blown away by the textures in the background you have a lot of work where just it, it has kind of a feel of classic chuck jones with mm -hmm. the stamp effect yeah. um you know if you think about like oh what is it robin hood daffy in the background how the backgrounds were stamped out mm -hmm. like the, almost like a rubber stamper effect you get a little bit of that here and it really pops against the uh front uh ground animation i really liked it so uh, before we we'll jump into the episodes now, before we do, I, I had to watch this in two or three parts. And the first clunk of it, I watched with my son and we had a good time watching it. We both laughed. You know, I will say this. Um, it's, it's a little repetitive. Uh, and, and this is one of those things where I think that and we've talked a little bit about this with uh, the wonderful world of Mickey and some other things. When it's not a coherent story, and each episode is a chapter of said story, and it's just you know it's episodic, you know, in that um, you know, it's 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 a setup, a, you know, a gag, a setup, a resolution. We're out of the, and then we're out of the short again. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. If you remember as a kid, um, you know, you used to watch maybe a half an hour of these things, and they were maybe yeah, you know, a three episode setup, a three short setup. But then that was it. That was all you got. You didn't watch these things for 12 hours at a time. Um, exactly. Well, hell, think about <laughs> Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner yeah. cartoons. How That's a strict pattern. Right. And I, I think we talked about this with Looney Tunes, where I'm getting to the point where I have to take a break with these things because mm -hmm. 
these are I don't think these are meant to be digested all at once. I don't feel like these are bingeable series. They're not meant to be that way. These are meant to put them on for an hour or so, turn them off, walk away, do something else, come back later. But you know, because we we consume so much content and talk about it here, it, I can't really do that. So um, I know you like to do that with them, like the Marvel shows. You watch them, you know, one episode a week. But uh, yeah, I, I may have to change my strategy with some of these cartoon shows. Like this was driving me nuts after a while. Yeah, I tried to binge this whole thing actually yesterday. I was mm -hmm. gonna, the plan was to have it on while I was working in my office. And okay, so this is entirely nonverbal, which mm -hmm. is not a bad thing. You right. know, I, I kind of hearken this back to classic Pink Panther cartoons. Yeah. Or roadrunner coyote cartoons there is no dialogue there's no text mm -hmm. um you know everything is produced through uh emotion and just gestures which is really creative uh and is a great i think this is also a really good uh show that you could show to younger audiences because they don't need to follow the dialogue and understand specifically what's being said yes. but oh my god chip and dale's patter <laughs> just after a while becomes so unbearable not to mention it's not just chatter 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 there's kind of a, a dialogue in there you can right. hear something being said it's not french it's not english although I, you you do pick up occasionally i think i heard them say each other's names once or twice mm -hmm. and uh, there's an episode where you can hear dale saying pizza right because uh, he's going after pizza but when you try to watch this all at once, you at, your mind actually starts to hear, like, try to pull together what they're saying, and you try to make sense of this fake language. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is this surreal. is a this is a show that I think could be best appreciated in short spurts by a three, four, or five year old. Mm -hmm. um, and and while I enjoyed it as an adult, my son, you know, he's seven years old, he enjoyed it. Like, we only watched maybe this for, like, an hour or two before I had to stop and go do something else. And that's about all I could take. Trying yeah. when, when I was trying to cram it all in to finish in time for the review today, I was like, I just want this to be over. And, like, it's a great, it's a great show. And so my, my complaining is more of how I digested the material, not the material itself. All right. Um, so July 28th, we kick things off with that Thou Shalt Nut and UT Steel. Um, the baby whisperer, which is hysterical, by the way, and it takes two to tangle. All right, so uh, short A, Dale takes acorns from a vendor cart protected by Pluto to feed himself, and Chip only for Chip to realize they just took food from Pluto's pups. Pluto hunts them down for stealing the acorns. In the baby whisperer, <laughs> Chip and Dale bond with babies in the park playpen, but Chip has difficulty bonding with a particularly angry baby dressed in a unicorn onesie, accidentally causing a baby stampede in the process. And then finally, uh, Chip and Dale accidentally get their tails knitted together when Chip does his daily exercise and cleaning while Dale still attached, with Dale still attached. Dale tries but fails to undo the knitting, leading the Chip to believe that Dale doesn't want him anymore. Oh my God. So this is a great example of how sad the show gets at times. Like, <laughs> I come watching this and, and, and Chip's like, um, you know, and they're connected by their tails. It's like, I don't want to be connected by the, like, I love you, but I don't want to be connected by your, by the tail anymore. And, you know, and the poor thing starts crying. And I'm like, what am I watching here? It's interesting because that is a, that's a classic story arc that I, we have seen in. Chippendale Park life. Thank you. 
I was going to say, Alex. do we do we need a third commentary microphone set up here? We we might go. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a storyline that ha we have seen in hundreds of other cartoons, mm -hmm. where two characters who love each other accidentally get stuck together, and they have to learn that they love each other. They just don't want to be bonded together. Right. Although I do remember the one point when the other animals decide to take inspiration from them, and you get the frogs who knit their tongues together. I'm like, oh. <laughs> God, even I'm just watching going, how do you not see this as a disaster? Yeah, I I watched that and I was not like all the way grossed out by it, but definitely like this it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, the thou shalt not steal one was a little weird for me though, because um as adorable as Pluto's pups are and mm -hmm. sweet molasses they are, <laughs> I think at one point I was just like, When do dogs eat nuts? Yeah, that that whole seven minute short was a bit of a stretch for me. And I, I remember like I put this on and I was kind of passively watching it with Jonas. And I was I might have been like looking down at my phone and I looked up again and Pluto, you know, and, and Pluto was going after them like they stole nuts from the dogs. And I had the same question, like, when do dogs eat nuts? Like this, this seemed a bit of a reach for a plot. Yeah, it also took me a while because I, I know that the description says acorns, but I'm pretty sure that was a hazelnut cart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, either way, like it, not to be nitpicky, but it made it would have made more sense if they if it had been because I've actually seen Chippendale do this where they're storing nuts, they're storing nuts, but somebody has something better. They have a mm -hmm. hot dog. And I think even in one of the later shorts, something of this of this nature does yeah. happen. But like, what if the dogs had been eating hot dogs, you know, sausages or whatever? And and Dale just kind of one of and like tosses the nut aside, and now it was going for that. And Chip's like, no, 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 please don't antagonize the dogs. You know, exactly. And, and they've done stuff like that before, and, I'm, and they, like to me, that was the obvious uh, get here, and, the, and they didn't go for it. The baby mm -hmm. stampede one cracked me up. Like I was in, <laughs> like if the knitting one kind of breaks my heart because I don't like to see cute cartoon chipmunks cry, which is half of this damn series. Um, and then nut one made a little to no sense to me, and I was like. <laughs> for a seven minute short i don't know how i got lost the baby one had me in tears laughing what? although i go ahead alexis ignore my son <laughs> i hate to say it um andre came in when i was watching mm -hmm. that one and he happened to come in right at the moment where chip offers himself as a pacifier to the baby and he was just <laughs> like what are you watching <laughs> yeah the, i'm gonna tell you what are you what the hell are we watching is a common thought as i watch this entire yeah. series uh, episode two, the whole package, bird brains and acorn in my side. Chip gets obsessed to get a nut wrecker from a delivery locker while Dale gets delighted with the contents. Bird brains. Chip's good intended actions make him end up ending up being banished from the park by a very suspicious Dale. An acorn in my side. Chip is unable to reach a mysterious acorn that becomes sinister and possibly supernatural and gets hypnotized by it, tricking him to retrieve him from a dangerous branch. Dale tried to keep him away from and now must both try to save themselves from the haunting. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about any which one of these you want. I barely remember. Like, I vaguely remember these and I, and I kind of remember being laughing and being entertained by it, but not enough to make a comment. 
Uh, well, first of all, Bird Brains, I think, was the one where I started to go, wait, what age group is this for? Because this one starts off with Dale thinking that Chip has committed a murder because he's got <laughs> raspberry juice all over him. And, right. it, and it looks like blood. Mm -hmm. And it's and I was just watching going, OK, so this was clearly not meant for little kids. Good to know. <laughs> right. Um, the gibberish cartoon, you know, with, mm -hmm. with with the very simple animation style, clearly meant for adults. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but then you have the whole package, which introduces a reoccurring character on the show who I do want to talk about, and that's Clarice the Chipmunk. Uh, Clarice is actually a character who was introduced uh, previously in the... Hang on a second. What year did that freaking short come out? It's a short called Two Chips and a Miss. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Well, I'm having trouble finding it, but it either came out in the 40s or 50s. And she was the love interest for both Chip and Dale. Uh, she is portrayed as a lounge singer mm -hmm. who's got a flower in her hair. Hence why you can see, I guess she's got like a flower buzzed into the side of her head. Yeah. She's, I had she's trouble, doing the Mohawk thing. I had trouble figuring out because of the way Clarice is portrayed in the show as muscular and tough and, you know, and, and, and I, I couldn't figure out what gender that chipmunk was and it didn't really matter to me. But, you know, the say you, you sent me the video of Clarice in a, in a classic one. And I'm like, yeah, they really butched her up then for this. Absolutely. It kind of made me laugh because Clarice says, I think when I re remember looking back on it, I was like, ah, oh, yes, the face that launched a thousand furries. <laughs> she was. There's okay. no question. She was. You know, it, it's like that scene from the classic Animaniacs when Minerva Mink answers the door in her bathrobe. Okay, we all know what they're going for and who's going to respond to this. Sure. And, yeah, it's really interesting the way they changed her up because it's kind of the evolution we have seen of female characters. There, mm -hmm. Back in the day, we had female characters were the love interest. They were, right. they were the love interest or they were the Smurfette principal. They were the singular girl of the group. Yeah, that has become less and less in the case in modern times, and say, I'm not now against... Every, now everyone feels like Daria. Not just Daria. I think the best example is uh, Sandy the Chipmunk from Spongebob, who is sure. a pretty well-developed character. But yeah, I always find it interesting. I'm not against the development of the female characters at all, but I do find mm -hmm. it very interesting how nowadays female characters in animated shows... It's like the creators are afraid to mm -hmm. make them love interests or right. well, feminine and attractive and sexy like that. Well, that's why I said Daria. You know, Daria, um, and, I, and I'm not even on her own show. On her own show, she was the star of it. And, you know, and they were going for a very particular thing in the mid, you know, in the early to mid 90s when Daria was a thing. And like, and I get that. I actually do. And I actually very much enjoyed the Daria cartoon show. Oh, yeah. But, I got it on DVD. But Daria as an extra character in Beavis and Butthead, you know, she, she here are these two idiots uh, who were the stars of this thing and, 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 and the voice of a generation, which tells you a lot about that generation. Um, but she was put upon. She was, you know, clearly smarter than these two idiots and never gets the credit that she deserves. And she's just sort of, you know, she is um, characterized, uh, you know, in a way of like she's in this 
in this world having to suffer morons that she shouldn't have to. And I feel like that's always the setup for a lot of television shows where the guys are the focus and the women are just sort of, you know, shruggingly putting up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the audience should come away with, ah, but they shouldn't have to. And how put upon that woman is that she has to suffer such fools. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, like, it, it, you know, Clarice comes across a little bit, not not in a dour sense, but in the she has to suffer these two idiots, Chip and Dale sense, um, especially later on where, you know, where they're uh, doing the gag where they have to where they're remodeling the tree mm-hmm. and um, and she's doing all the work for Dale and Dale's taking the credit for it because he wants to impress Chip. And it's like, OK, we get it. Clarice can do everything. And these two idiots can barely, you know, t- tie their shoes. We got it. And it's like, yeah, it's an interesting tack for a show like this. And like I said, it's just interesting. The other example I always go to is, and not advocating this was a good show because it Mm -hmm. wasn't, but uh, Thundercats Roar, Mm -hmm. that uh, very short-lived version of Thundercats came out uh, like one or two years ago using the uh, CalArts Steven Universe-inspired art style. They had Chitara, and all of a sudden Chitara, who has gone from undoubtedly the sexy character, that's what mm-hmm. we all knew her as in the 80s, now she is, um, well, she's not sexy. She right. j- looks very similar to the other characters now. She's just more streamlined. I know because you don't like that art style, um, you didn't watch the Aquaman show, but if you did, I would say your description of Chitara was a lot like um, uh, Mira from Aquaman King of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's just no sex appeal at all, but she's, you know, spunky, go get them. I don't need no man punchy character. Something along those lines. Like I said, I'm not against the evolution of the characters, Mm -hmm. far from it. But it is very interesting how the evolution has gone from, you know, the Smurfette sex symbol to don't even think of me as a girl kind of a thing. This could go for another hour and discussing how just entertainment in general um, seems to try to be struggling and coping and failing with how to portray women on screen. But that Mm -hmm. is not what we're here to discuss. So no, we're here to discuss animated chipmunks. Yep. Episode three, uh, the jungle, which you were alluding to before the Mm -hmm. flight and deep dive Uh, while trying to retrieve a fruit, a couple of rabbits lost while playing um, chip and deal get lost in a bush that looks like a jungle from the inside this is a fantastic one mm-hmm. the, fl- the flight chip uses deal to test different ways to reach a cherry tree planted in a building roof far from the park by flying and deep dive chip and dale dive into the depths of the water pond to get a giant golden acorn they dropped while chip tries to dive into his mind looking for solutions okay uh, i love the jungle one the uh the this one plays a lot with perspective which mm-hmm. is fun so, you know, you, you look at it and it's just a small thicket, like you said before, but to the chipmunks, they are lost in this vast jungle and every, you know, and there was just every manner of beast out to get them. And there's like a prying mantis, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, this is, this is a, uh, a throwback to the old, like early 20th century jungle films, you know, white man goes into the jungle and takes on all manner of beast and that sort of thing. But they're doing it with these two cartoon chipmunks, which I thought was funny. Uh, the other two I barely remember. Yeah, the jungle is probably my favorite of them, especially because you get mm-hmm. the gag where Dale actually finds a way out. And mm-hmm. he's like, Chip, you know, come on, let's go. But Chip is so caught up in the whole, we have to survive this. Thank you. That hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that Dale just 
gives up, leaves, <laughs> goes back to the tree, and Dale, well, Chip's trying to survive this. Dale's freaking, you know, giving himself a pedicure <laughs> in their treehouse. It just killed me. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the flag that's, another, was- that's another example, though, of, like, Chip being, you know, uh, what's the what's the line? Did you ever see the made-for-TV movie about the making of the of the life of Roseanne Barr? No, I didn't. Okay, there's a there's a bit where she rewrites the 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 script for the day, and, and the line she uses. Why I'm remembering this the line? She's like, "It's like you give Jackie, oh god, um, uh, what's the word she uses? It doesn't matter. It's like you give Jackie everything, and there's nothing left for me. We need to rewrite this." And it's like, this is yet another example of like, well, Dale would normally be the one who would be caught up in the adventure and the excitement mm-hmm. and Chip being the one to drag him out and just kind of being fed up with the whole thing. They reversed it. Yeah, no, it is really enjoyable. Like I said, the animation in this one is just really gorgeous. Love mm-hmm. the use of, again, the use of perspective. Hell, you even get a really great perspective shot uh, when Chip tries to hide from a daddy long legs. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I think didn't there one where 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 they get caught up in a web? There's a bit uh, where, where where I feel like they get, or am I thinking of? I might be thinking of. Something You're thinking else. of the one with the mafia squirrel and the yeah. spider. Yes, computer. yes, folks. This show has a mafia squirrel. <laughs> the mafia chipmunk. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, no, uh, I did enjoy the flight for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um. At first, it's a little predictable, but then they actually find a f- basically. I guess it's like an aerosol can mm-hmm. that they strap to their Dale straps to his back, and he presses down on it with his ears, which is cute. Mm-hmm. And he can fly with it, and then all of a sudden, he refuses to let Chip fly with it. Right, and then Chip takes it, and what do you know? Chip's a horrible pilot. <laughs> Straight man must suffer. Agency. That's the word I was looking for. They 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 keep giving Chip all the agency, and Dale. Just se- seems to be the you know the one just sort of like having to cope with Ch- Chip's um, eccentricities, and it's like that's not the dynamic here. Why did they give da- why did they give Chip Dale all of Dale's agency? It's a really weird dynamic. Yeah, no, but the, like I said, the flight is pretty good if you're. It, it mm-hmm. gives you a healthy dose of slapstick. So if you just like watching chipmunks get hurt, <laughs> you know what the hell's wrong with you, hell, but. Job. If you if you like seeing animals be abused, this is the show for you. Um, episode four, a nut you can't refuse. Speaking of the mafia squirrel, um, chipmunks away and rough justice. Uh, Chip bribes Dale with nuts to do home chores, but gets in debt to himself with the park mafia to get more nuts. Uh, Chip and Dale decide to have a vacation, but Chip's insistence to find a perfect place ends annoying Dale. Uh, and Rough Justice Chips uses a policewoman's megaphone to scare bad guys away, but ends up getting into problems with Butch, who has stolen Pluto's bone. Uh, I really, I love the gag in Rough Justice. You know, them going around the park messing with people with the megaphone cracked me up every time they did it. Um, I have some issues with the idea that we, did, did we need, <laughs> did we need a mafia chipmunk in a children's show? Like I guess they, I'm guessing they wanted another antagonist who was mm-hmm. more on their level. Yeah, because the show, if you take take the uh, the mafia squirrels away, the only real antagonist they have besides just acts of nature itself is mm-hmm. Butch the dog, right? Who's more Pluto's antagonist? They just kind of get caught up in the fight between them. Yeah, so it actually does kind of work to have 
essentially a bully squirrel mm -hmm. for a lack of better terms someone who is on their level and can you know they can fight with so to speak sure but yeah I the mean, fact that they made it a bag. mafia it, but yeah the way they made it a mafia squirrel mm -hmm. just that's that's weird yeah, I, 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 I'm a little sensitive to this just because I, I do have kids, and it's not like they haven't seen worse, but it still feels like this show is even meant for more younger kids than than mine. Like I said, I feel like the right age group is three, four, and five, and do we need to be showing three, four, and five-year-olds mafia characters? It's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing to point at, and I'm not calling for, I'm not calling for it to be canceled or anything like that, but I, it was as, as a parent, I'm watching that going, huh, interesting choice. Um, episode five, dog in the house, cone alone in highway to hugs. Pluto gets stuck in the Chippendale in Chippendale's tree and Dale gets infatuated with him, making Chip jealous. Yeah, this would crack me up too. That's but an awesome, that's a repeating thing is that something comes along, Dale gets obsessed with it, and mm -hmm. Chip is just stuck there trying to figure out it's like, okay, how do we get back to normal? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, here, let me let me read the uh. The rest of these. Dale decides to use a street cone to trick Chip. He is sick. He is sick, so he can pamper him like Pluto's pups. But soon begins to regret his decision the hard way after learning how cone chipmunks are pampered. And highway to hugs. Uh, Dale takes examples of birthday party thrown by a couple of bikers to make a busy Chip hug him, but to no avail. So yeah, um, dog in the house, cone alone, and highway to hugs all kind of share the same theme, which is how much Chip and Dale love each other. Um, and, and in certain cases, like need for attention and when they don't get that attention, how it drives them, you know, to, to apoplexy, that was a really weird concept for this, for the show, the, the dog in the house one cracked me up because like, as, you know, imagine a giant head in your house and how, and how obtrusive and obstructive this would be. And you just want to get the head out and there's somebody in your house going, no, can we keep it? You know, and and not even like even if you can get past that, if you somehow learn to live with the giant head in your living room, the idea that now, you know, you've lost the attention of your loved one to this thing and how frustrating that is like, huh, that is an odd thing to play with in a children's cartoon. It is. I don't honestly remember much about Dog in the House, though. Cone Alone mm -hmm. and Highway to Hugs are the ones that stand out in this one. Uh yeah, Cone alone is freaking hilarious. Mm -hmm. He get yeah, sticks his head in the freaking street cone. He can get mm -hmm. it out at any time. It reminded me of the last episode of the first season of Wonderful World of Mickey, where uh, Donald and Daisy have just about had enough of them, and they're like, so they fake being sick. Mm -hmm. Like, let us take care of you. And you're like, oh, this is even worse. <laughs> God, that's a classic. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Highway to Hugs was so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's adorable that Dale hugs everyone, and then when he tries mm -hmm. to hug Chip, Chip's like, I'll hug you later, I'm kind of busy. Right. But then you got the two bikers mm -hmm. who one of the get the gifts for one of them is a freaking flame embroidered uh <laughs> bagpipe that right. shoots flames. Right. Because they're bikers and and fire is cool. Of course, now I really want uh, to see someone play a bagpipe like that. I was going to say, you're going to show up to a con in cosplay and you just have, like, you know, a, a, a bagpipe flamethrower? <laughs> I will probably be kicked out <laughs> by security. Say, they, they, may, they, they, they may ask you to deflame the thing. Um, the, when we went to a Sabicon, they were just like, look, some of these props are not getting in. By the way, 
I, and you see this at cons, like people have like full wingspans and stuff. Oh yeah, like, it's it's pretty crazy. Like the amount the amount of um, cumbersome accoutrement goes into creating some of these cosplays. Oh, I saw one that was a full functioning cardboard Voltron. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, they had to have two people walking with them to function. I saw that too at WasabiCon. Not the Voltron thing, but like, like some, like you know, two two, <laughs> two people having to hold up somebody else's costume as they paraded around the WasabiCon. They probably are being paid for it, or they're getting a share of the prize money when they win the costume contest. I, I, I would assume. I would assume there's, a, you know, or at least being given beer, something along those lines. Um. But I guess the Highway to Hugs one was also kind of weird because first it's adorable that the bikers see Dale crying mm -hmm. and it, they, they essentially adopt him and make right. him the mascot. And I'm not going to lie, Dale is adorable with that little spike collar. He's There's a cute. lesson here. Don't, don't take your loved ones for granted. Make sure you see them and they know that you're seeing them or you will lose them. That is the moral of that story. And I'll tell you. It's so funny how like I watch stuff that that are you know of all you know eight, meant for all ages and and varieties of shows. Literally the same concept in the show Heels. The wife does not feel seen by Stephen Amell, and so she starts to turn away from him. Same thing in Chip and Dale. See Heels, Chip and Dale, same concept. Well, I seriously doubt Stephen Amell's uh, wife on the show had to worry about bikers deciding that they preferred her and then kidnapping her. <laughs> okay, she doesn't get kidnapped, at least not yet. Yeah, and again, that, that actually was weird. I didn't get why they suddenly decided they wanted Chip over Dale. Chip goes out to yell at them. It's like, you took my, my roommate. Give me back my roommate. Because he's a badass and they're badass bikers. He's not a badass. He's a whiner. Perceived as a badass. So, yeah, yes, either way, I just thought that was kind of <laughs> weird. Um, all right, episode six here, The Hazelnut King, Egg Baby, and Mega Muscle Chip. While trying to steal a hazelnut from a birthday cake guarded by Pluto, Chip and Dale got trapped in an inflatable castle, and Dale believes he is the one and only king of the bouncy castle, so he becomes greedy and keeps all the nuts to himself. Uh, yeah, this is yet another one where Chip becomes a maniac. Egg Baby. Dale becomes the maniac. Yes. Um, Chip adopts a lost egg, and while inside there is a dangerous baby snake, Chip still got this one. is so creepy. I know. Chip, Chip still treats him as his son, but soon realizes the reality of the situation when it eats him and Dale. And Mega Muscle Chip, Chip realizes he's very weak, but a remote-controlled robot toy wrestler found in the sandlot makes him the strongest of the park, making Dale feel usurped. Um, I must must talk about this egg baby one it's a funny gag it, it repeats a lot of the same stuff where basically like oh isn't this snake adorable and the snake tries to eat everything and eventually it eats chip and daily have to you know fight their way out of the snake but the snake is really really cute until it go it goes all uh what's the name of the python from uh the jungle book ka yeah it goes all ka on you and its eyes go blah, 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 you know and then it eats people and you're like you know, the first few times it happens, it's kind of funny. You know, it's a little startling. And then after that, it just becomes uncomfortable. Well, it did kind of make me laugh because I didn't read the plot description before I started watching. So when they get the egg, you know, it's probably not going to be a baby bird because that's mm -hmm. too obvious. So you're like, oh, it's probably a turtle or something. And then when it hatches, you're like, that's a snake. Holy shit. <laughs> and I won't lie. The scene where it yawns and mm -hmm. Chip's like, wait a minute. And then he opens it up again and you can see Dale's head stuck in the <laughs> snake's throat. I was like, that's that's <laughs> just a 
touch disturbing. I was going to say, that's horrifying. Yeah. It's like, again, what age group was this show for? I feel like we ask that a lot with the stuff that we're reviewing. It's like, okay, we're taking a deep dive into children's programming. And you and I, are, you know, settled in nicely, waiting for children's programming to, to take us in. And then we get there, we're like, what matter of horror is this? <laughs> I was led astray. No kidding. It's like Space Jam, a new legacy was meant more for kids than this. No kidding. It was about, written about that level. You know, it's, it's funny. Dialogue is such an important part of a drama, but you can definitely get a lot with uh, with inference and, you know, the way that uh, Chippendale use inflection. Um, either way, when you're writing dialogue, a helpful thing would be Grammarly. <laughs> Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes. While also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, moving on to episode seven here. Struggling duckling, friends of the family, and top dog. Uh, in an attempt to keep warm, Chip and Dale try to bond with ducklings to protect themselves from the harsh winter. Uh, by using disguises. Well, Dale fits in. Chip has a distinctively hard time to join them and keeps getting kicked out. Uh, Chip and Dale become the thugs of the park mafia when they save its leader from a leaf vacuum cleaner and have fun with a spider-turned weapon. That cracked me up a lot. Um, and then top dog, Dale defeats Pluto and Butch in a dog contest, making him like a dog, and Pluto loses his identity in the process. It's a bit esoteric for me. Um but his spirit is reignited when Butch captures Chip and Dale. Because uh, yeah. everyone knows chipmunks love dog treats. Sure, like like dogs love acorns. The uh, <laughs> using the. I think we're just going to have to assume at this point that everyone in the park will eat anything as long as the plot demands it. Sure. Um, the the big thing that stuck out to me is using is when they put the spider on the wrist. They were using it as a weapon and just firing it at people at random. Uh, I, I laughed hard at that. That that I enjoyed. What'd you think of these three shorts? Struggling Duckling is the one I remember the most. That that was kind of cute. I do love that. You know, they they immediately accept Dale and Chip. Of course, does I love the little bit where Chip imagines himself doing this cool ice skating thing, and, mm -hmm. and then of course he tries and immediately falls into the water. I just remember watching the uh, fantasy he's having. I'm like, well, it's, what was that line from the critic? Wow, you've got your power of self-delusion uh, under control. <laughs> Funny. Um, episode 8, The Ghost, uh, The Imperfect Crime, and Nut Soup. After being accidentally passed over and painted white in the street while everyone grants, uh, thinks he's dead, Dale uses Chip to give Butch, who was chasing them before Dale was painted white, a taste of his own medicine, making the dog believe he's a ghost. Yeah, I was, I was mildly amused by that. Uh, the Imperfect Crime, a microphone tries to catch the chipmunk sound and ends up losing its cover. That makes Chip and Dale believe they are accidentally killed another chipmunk, so they try to hide it from everybody. Again, why? Again, then, who is this for? <laughs> nut soup. Chip and Dale com uh, compete themselves to impress the park residents with the best soup they've ever had and loved. Um, yeah, like I said, the, the ghost one as a, as a gag setup and everything and execution cracked me up. Um, thank God it's only seven minutes because it, it, once I laughed a couple of times, I was like, okay, move on from this. And then, uh, yeah. I, and then we get the scene where Butch actually gets a heart attack, right. dies, 
his ghost comes back and then when he sees that chippendale were screwing with him his ghost basically says okay all bets are off he goes back into his body his body freaking rises out of the grave it was very classic tom and jerry i think like like I, there I, is I, actually a tom there's been a couple of tom and jerry shorts where they did that yeah tom and jerry always you know was a bit more closer to the edge than anything disney ever did um and so i almost feel like in the modern age of animation you know they're looking back and going hey we missed an opportunity these ones where they really tried to stay family friendly and they look at their competitors and going you know what this time around we're not going to be as safe and and i almost feel like i wish i wish some of these cartoon outlets would maintain some semblance of innocence and not everybody competing for how close they can get to the edge it's yeah, getting, there it's is getting that. a little old yeah and then you got, of course got the imperfect crime which Mm-hmm. There's, I, I, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but the scene where all the other animals show up for a party and they're actually sitting on the faux chipmunk rolled up in a blanket, uh, I think that was act- that might have been an homage to the Hitchcock film Rope. Okay. Um, uh, without going into too much detail about that movie, because mm-hmm. I could sit here for hours talking about it. it's one of my all-time favorite Hitchcock films. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two guys kill a classmate to pull off a perfect crime. They stuff his body in a uh, trunk, mm-hmm. and then they have people over for drinks, and they they cover the trunk with a tablecloth, and they're using the ta- that trunk as a table to serve okay. the food and drinks. Gotcha. So when they're sitting on there, I was like, are you guys actually homaging <laughs> a Hitchcock film? They might be. Like I said, I think I think the word's out. Parents watch the stuff with their kids. They just don't passively put them in. You know, there is some element of, look, please, as Pat Oswalt Pat said, look, here, I, I got to get these towels in the dryer. For God's sake, just watch some television. But I think there's a lot more parents at home with their kids watching this stuff and there may be some um there may be some thought to what if we put it or it might just be something as simple as they did it to amuse themselves you know like we, we were we were given this gig of creating this gibberish cartoon show let's every once in a while throw something in there that makes us laugh and if anyone else gets it good for them uh episode nine the usual nut specs <laughs> an evening with clarice and craft craze chip finds two acorns shaped like him and dale so he decides to <laughs> decides to put them as a special ornament but when they mysteriously disappear here and he and dale uh try to find the guilty uh suspects uh on the scene clarice pluto and the park mafia's leader okay, whoever again, wrote that needs who, family very much so but again pluto apparently eats acorns <laughs> though i'm not gonna lie just the fact that they find the two acorns on the same freaking stick that look like mm-hmm. chip and dale even that was just like it's a little creepy it is a little creepy. This, of course, is an homage to murder mysteries. We have seen this done in yeah. how many cartoons? Which was amusing for the first few minutes of it. An evening with Clarice. Dale falls head over heels with Clarice's way of life and invites her to dinner. While Dale has a good time, Chip gets scared by her manners. This That cracked me up, too. Uh, and then Craft Craze, when Chip accidentally destroys his home while mounting a picture, injuring himself in the process, Dale tries to fix the house by himself using Chip's toolbox while getting annoyed by Chip's unwanted and dangerous help. Uh, this is the one that ends with the both of them, you know, mummy wrapped in the hospital, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because every time Chip tries to do something, he makes it worse, he gets hurt, and apparently mm. there is a Obamacare veterinary clinic 
next to the park because <laughs> we frequently see them just go in there it's like and we're out um no this one that, that one was kind of funny i think mm -hmm. a lot of people can actually identify with both chip and dale in that one sure where we've had cases of we want to do something ourselves because we think because we're pretty sure we can do it better and the other one's going no i need to help you <laughs> yeah, right please don't help it you're only making it worse exactly um 10 too late to hibernate no, sorry not sorry by the way is there any more like ridiculous phrase in modern vernacular than sorry not sorry i just want to punch those people on the chin that i can't I just want to punch i just want to punch the animators because after again after trying to binge this i think i was about ready to say if i see another acorn i'm going to shoot something i think between white people white women especially saying bougie and bougie. sorry not Oh, you've never heard that? I have never heard that. Okay, well, my wife's sick, so I don't want to bother her right now. But yeah, that 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 was a popular one amongst her and her friends until I, you know, mercilessly ridiculed her for it. Uh, yeah, white white gal white gals ripping off black women saying bougie because that's that's where they got it from. Never heard that before in my life. Okay, um, when when you're out and about doing cons in other cities, ask around, and then the other, and then like I said, sorry, not sorry. Both of those just make me want to clothesline from hell somebody anyway enough of my insanity um too when, late. when accidentally breaking their smartphone chip decides to blame a careless dale without proof and then never trust a sausage is what my father always told me looking for a new couch chip and dale want to buy a toy from pluto's yard sale but when they take a sniff to the sausage pluto wants an exchange hilarity ensues yeah i the, of the three of these them fighting over the sausage is the one that cracked me up and, and the one that i uh i remembered out of them uh what do you think of episode 10 uh yeah too late to hibernate had some cute moments in it um it, it took me a while to figure out what dale was trying to do he he he's clearly made himself a bath but it's it's tea mm -hmm. and i guess i didn't get it at first because he threw in some ice cubes i'm like are you trying to sit in a thing of iced tea and then i realized oh he overheated and he threw the ice cubes in there to cool it down of course <laughs> Although I don't get why he has sugar in there unless the sugar is supposed to be like an Epsom salt kind of thing. And I'm probably overthinking the hell out of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Episode 11, Night of the Pizza Moon, Who's Your Granny? And Summer Sidekick Syndrome. Chip follows Clarice into the big city to find where she gets more food than he and Dale. But he plan but plans go awry when Dale gets madly obsessed over pizzas and gets in a fight with a beagle boy who just stole a pizza. I can see I'm remembering less of the details of these now. I can tell this is about when I started checking out. I actually watched these the last two episodes this morning before you mm -hmm. called me. Because again, I was like, I need a break. And I was just like, I'll watch the rest of the morning when I get up. And you weren't kidding. Whoever did write the Wikipedia pages uh, descriptions really does need Grammarly because these sentences are horribly structured. Yeah, I'm trying to like, like fix them as I read them. That's why I'm tripping over these. Exactly. Yeah. Night of the Pizza Moon was kind of weird. Again, it's very strange how, you know, Chip is like, there's food over here. and But mm -hmm. Dale's going, no, there's pizza over here. And I'm struggling <laughs> to figure out why they can't just either go their separate ways. Yeah. That seemed or, like a real, like, like, like ultra fabricated uh, conflict. conflict. Yeah, it really was. And not to mention, I want to know if this is a, I know Europeans love hazelnut more mm -hmm. than americans do i got living proof upstairs mm -hmm. but the constant use of hazelnuts on top of cakes and treats and everything in this in the show again i get the acorn over usage even though it does become excessively 
overplayed. Yeah. But uh, but then again, it, but then I watch I'm like, who the hell decorates a cake mm. with whole hazelnuts? All right. Did we miss the one where they kept changing? They kept trying to find a spot on the beach and uh, Chip is trying to Chip is trying to find his paradise and they keep moving and moving and moving. And finally, Dale like freaks out like, I, you know, every nothing like at the end of it, I think at the beginning and then at the end, they do the same gag where everything is perfect. Everything is luxurious. But then a leaf falls in, in Chip's view and he like upsets the whole thing and it drives Dale insane. Did we miss that one? Because that might have been my favorite. Uh, that was uh, episode four. Chip okay. runs away. We were too busy talking about the uh, park mafia and gotcha. the policewoman's megaphone. Oh, I need to go back to that then because, like, that was another one where, you know, Chip is obsessing over their perfect vacation spot and Dale is trying to accommodate him and trying to accommodate. And it's so funny because it's like, as weird as this is going to sound, I that like that idea resonated with me like if you've ever been with somebody who like nothing makes them happy and they keep moving you this is i actually i got into a discussion with my wife about this once because like we were we went we had a beach vacation and she picked a spot on the beach i'm like great i just want to settle in i want to relax and read my read my book or whatever and and i you know sort of detach from the world and she and like we're down for about 10 minutes and she's like let's move someplace else and like kept doing that to me <laughs> I'm like what the hell man um and then, you know, and then at the end, when Dale finally has had enough of it and Chip breaks down and cries, as he often does throughout this series, like, that actually made me really sad. It's weird that, like, emotionally that resonated with me. Because um, not every time Dale cry, uh, Chip cries in this that I get moved by it. But that one did. That one, that, mm -hmm. that one touched me. It did kind of make me laugh how Dale insists on bringing their, uh, their nuts with them. But, of course, he just stuffs them all in his cheeks. Yeah. So every time it was like, clunk, clunk, move, that was, spit. Right. That was a funny gag. Uh, mm -hmm. Last one. We got our first appearance of Donald Duck. Uh, we have Delivery Duck, Duck in the Park, Dark in the Park, and uh, Chop and Dale. The chipmunks discover the wonder of food delivery, annoying Donald as long as he brings the food to their house and the tree. While avoiding the Beagle Boys, that cracked me up. Like you know, some of these it didn't really matter what time you know what time and space you did them; they were universally identifiable and, and relatable. And then there's this one, which absolutely plays with a very modern thing of food delivery. Which who how, who knows how much longer that'll be with us if something else doesn't come along and replace it. So it was very of the moment kind of a gag but sometimes works with cart modern cartoons and sometimes is kind of a miss this i thought was funny like them constantly ordering food and donald having to run up to the tree and bring it to him was making me laugh there are some elements in the background that really unfortunately do date this um mm -hmm. i think the most obvious one is we see uh most of the delivery guys in the background for whenever they were getting like the episode mm -hmm. where they were following clarice around or the one where they're trying to get the nutcracker from uh, the postal worker they the the guy the delivery guy is um delivering everything while riding one of those uh battery powered unicycles right that have become you know massively popular or i guess they become massively popular i don't know i i don't <laughs> think i'll ever ride one and there's little bits like uh in the very first episode the person who's knitting is in a full punk attire and i'm like oh my god they found it <laughs> they got a hipster knitting so there are a few elements i mean hell even their tv is mm. a smartphone all right which is cute it's very yeah. cute sure um what do you call it uh, when donald is stranded in the park at night chip and dale try to get him to safety with a, from a mob of hungry raccoons 
I, I think I was, I think this was the very last one I was watching this late at night. I don't remember it. And then Dale accidentally gets powers from a chainsaw and begins to work with Donald in chopping the old trees in the park while Chip gets profit on selling refugee, refu, refuge to see to the animals that lost their homes in the process. Yeah, I passed out before this was all over. So uh, take me home, Alexis. Tell me about this, the rest of this episode. Other than I will say this, it was nice to see Donald show up in at least one of these. It was, but I'm not going to lie. I think the show would have done better if they had actually put Donald in a few more and spaced it out uh, instead agreed. of just one whole episode with three Donald Duck shorts. Uh, we got a question here from um, good friend and Eternals hater, Chris Bailey. Uh, he says, what's your favorite iteration of Shippendale through the years? So I guess he's referring to maybe like classic versus Rescue Rangers, something along those lines. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I watched Rescue Rangers a little bit, but the old classic mixing it up with Donald, like I said, nut butter from earlier. That is my, that's my Chippendale. I am torn between both the classic and Rescue Rangers. I was brought up on the Disney afternoon. That was mm -hmm. my generation. And I loved Rescue Rangers. But the classic cartoons always have a special place for me. So when you're talking about the how much I love the characters just as themselves, it would be the classics. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about with the nostalgic rose color glasses, it would be the Rescue Rangers. That's fair. Um, we covered this at the top of the show, but Chris might have missed it at the time. Um, Chris, aren't you paying attention to the whole thing, man? You're you're slacking. <laughs> we we talked a little bit about the forthcoming live action Rescue Rangers, and I think you and I are both like you know it, we're kind of excited, but also kind of trepidatious. Like, not sure how this is going to work. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, I'm sorry, but the live action adaptations of animations. I want to see, you would normally say it's been hit and miss, but no, it's been far more misses than hits. Yep. Um, you are very, the, when Disney plus launched, we did two things almost immediately. The first thing was Alexis and I reviewed lady and the tramp. Um, the other thing was the Mandalorian and I'll tell you, Alexis and I both had, we were very 50, 50 on lady and the tramp. I think the saving grace for us on the lady and the tramp was how well the show promoted rescues instead of, uh, yeah. you know, breeders. All right, so that is our review of Chippendale Park Life. Uh, I assume we'll keep going with this if they do another season of it. I haven't heard one way or the other if they are. But um, yeah, look, was this an amusing ride with my with my kid? Did I enjoy most of it? Sure. You know, it's harmless fun. Not everything has to be a one or a ten. Right there in the middle. I was I laughed. I cried. I hurled. Your thoughts? Do not, like we said, do not try to binge this whole thing at once. Uh, your brain will go numb from the chipmunk squeaks. It is enjoyable in smaller doses. Again, the animation is really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Storylines are done very well. Again, for being a nonverbal show, they, are, they do a really good job at making sure that anyone can understand what is going on. You know, so this I think this is a good show for little kids uh, and it's a good show to watch with your children again, just in smaller increments. Uh, I can't find anything about whether or not it's going to get another season or if they're, uh, you know, going to do more episodes. I, I cannot find anything on it. So we'll it's up in happens. the air if this continues. Um, I think tomorrow is Disney Plus Day. Maybe they'll say something then. All right. So Alexis, uh, like six months ago, was like or even maybe even longer was like, hey, we should do a watch along to the Roger Rabbit shorts. And 
we were, I think initially I said, hey, let's do that with Space Jam. And then, you know, I was going on vacation that day, so we didn't have time. I said, and I, and I honestly thought we were done, we would be done with this 30 minutes ago. But, <laughs> um, uh, I pro, but I promised we would do this and, and I want to get this done and not have to do a separate episode on it. So we are going to right now for you as a special bonus, uh, content. We are going to do a live, I can't project it on the screen. I'll get, copyrighted and community struck from youtube uh we're going to do a live watch along of the three roger rabbit shorts you want to explain what these are well first of all i actually suggested this when you went into the hospital okay you were uh, getting treatment for your cancer because i was looking for stuff to cheer you up and i was like here let's do a watch along with this because these mm -hmm. are this will, i knew this would make you laugh okay and i was like you know this doesn't take any research or anything let's just watch roger rabbit get the crap beat out of him and have a good life i was honestly just trying to cheer you up while you were going through your treatments <laughs> okay fair enough we were also i think at the time um our, the content that we were producing was a little bit different you had remarked about this in one of the previous reviews we were at the time we were doing things like trailer reacts we were doing a lot more like audio commentaries and we we're still doing the audio commentaries but in a different way uh, so at the time, there was a lot, you know, Jesse and I were doing a lot of like Metal Hammer of Doom extras where we would watch music videos and comment on them. So this was sort of in that vein. And we just, I just don't have time to do that kind of extra stuff at, at this point. So, but I wanted to do these. I know you wanted to talk about them. So tell me about these shorts. What what exactly are they? What was the purpose of them? Well, okay. I I am hoping I don't have to explain what Who Framed Roger Rabbit was to our general audience. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> my all-time favorite film just been my favorite movie for as long as i can remember favorite movie as a kid favorite movie as an adult and they did release three separate animated shorts featuring uh roger rabbit and baby herman mm -hmm. uh in the style of what we saw in the opening scene of the movie the idea that these two are characters who film cartoons together so these are just two of the shorts that they would have done together Mm -hmm. in that world uh it, it really is sad actually that we didn't get to do see more roger rabbit because unfortunately there was a rights dispute uh between disney and amblin entertainment you mm -hmm. probably remember spielberg was a producer on the yeah. movie mm -hmm. that's actually where we got uh uh bonkers uh the old do you remember bonkers from the disney afternoon at all vaguely it was he was it was essentially the exact same plot Mm -hmm. as who framed roger rabbit you got a uh cartoon bobcat who was formerly an animation star who joins the police force and works with a uh gruff detective who mm -hmm. is not happy about being saddled with a, a toon sidekick and they work a lot of crimes that you know go between the toon world and the real world of right. course the whole thing is animated so it's a little weird but that was made because someone at disney said we have this idea well we can't use roger rabbit fine make an original character gotcha but it gave jim cummings more work so i'm not going to complain about that all right so uh the first one is uh, what's this called again all right so the first one is tummy trouble and then roller coaster rabbit and then trail mix up and like i said we're just going to kind of play these back to back um and talk about them as we as we watch you ready uh, how are we doing? I mean, I, you told me we could, we were you were going to put this up, but we weren't going to stream it. So is this going to be on the screen that I can see, or how is this going to work? I have it playing on my phone. Well, you should have told me so I'd have a minute <laughs> to 
pull it up on mine. <laughs> Sorry. Crying out loud. We... Prepper, uh, what's that? Uh, we'll call it in the ring, kid. Just, just follow me. I got you. Um, so real quick while she pulls these up. Um, uh, so anyway, these, uh, the Roger Rabbit shorts, um, uh, they were originally attached to the theatrical releases of several, uh, Disney and Amblin films. There's a fourth one hair in my soup, uh, that was canceled during pre-production, uh, with three more clean and oppressed beach blanket Bay and Bronco bust and bunny, uh, were all in the planning stages and they were, they were canceled. Uh, I think the other gag with these is that they all end with uh, Roger Rabbit like huffily walking off set. <laughs> well, I that mean, is how all of these shorts end with yeah. it being revealed. Yeah, they're on the set. Right. All right. So. Let me know when you're ready and I'll hit play. Okay. Got it at uh, starting at zero. Screens up. I just got to hit the play button. One, two, three. Press play. All right. Here we go. We have the classic Disney logo here. I have a shirt uh, with the Disney logo in that with that uh, font, but it just says Walt Whiskey instead of Walt Disney. Of course you do. <laughs> I really wish that more cartoon or more uh, films would stick with this classic opener. Now it feels like every animated or every Disney film has to have its own version of the mm -hmm. castle. I think the only time I really appreciated the change was the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie where the, you could see the mermaids jumping out of the water, which is yeah, kind of a nice touch. It is a nice touch. So, so tell me about this. You being an animation historian, when and why, and, and who was the first to do the gag where you never see the full body of the adult in the room where it's always just the legs? I've actually never uh, done research on that. I should look into that. I'm not 100% certain. Because we know we, we saw it in the Tom and Jerry cartoons. We'd see it again in Muppet Babies. And so it's kind of a staple of certain animated uh, shows and whatnot where you just see legs. I'm curious. I, I, I would love to know why they made that a choice. And so, all right. So, tummy, so the tummy trouble here is that baby Herman has swallowed the entire rattle like you do. He hasn't swallowed the rattle yet. How on mine he has. Okay, we were clearly uh, behind. No, he just got the rattle now. Okay. So, great. Uh, now we're right. gonna... Nope, nope. Just tell me when Roger Rabbit busts into the hospital. That'll hit play again. Okay, sounds good. I just noticed, I don't think I've ever noticed before, but the th uh, the Big Bad Wolf's three children were framed in a picture in the background <laughs> there. That's an interesting touch. Oh, that's a Saint funny nowhere. Okay, so there's and three, two, one. Door slammed open. All right. And there's Ro Roger Rabbit with a bouquet of flowers begging for forgiveness. How could he have let this happen? You ever <laughs> notice the uh, skeleton picture in the background of Mickey Mouse? No, I didn't notice that. That's wicked. Okay, so I guess... Uh... Yeah, it's like, and there's the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the rattle's out. Hey. That was quick. And it's floating off into the atmosphere, which is interesting because it's... Ah, there it is. It finally... Oh, no. And now it's down the wrong throat. Yep, now Robert swallowed it. Rabbit brain peanut close up in the background. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Samba. <laughs> His butt rattles. Fantastic. <laughs> That, that, hey, that, who that, doesn't that, appreciate that. a good conga? Yes. <laughs> so, of course, uh, Roger is now mistaken for baby Herman, like you do. Uh, and I'm embarrassed to admit, but 
I just noticed there was a sign that said proctology there, but I have paused <laughs> this before to try to read all of the signs that he's going through. I so, don't get the Burbank. I it's where Disney is at Disney Studios. I know that was a running joke with you and me for a while. The anesthetic slam on the head. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, our Jessica Rabbit cameo. Given our discussion earlier, you can't make Jessica Rabbit today, can you? No. No, you (laughs) cannot. Jessica Rabbit cannot exist in this day and age. No. Unfortunate. So we're doing, we're trying to do surgery on Roger Rabbit here. <laughs> I love this joke. Let go of the cotton. Yes, swab. Honk, honk. <laughs> Terrific. Tongue ah! presser. <laughs> oh, and people wonder why I'm scared of the doctor. <laughs> A bicarb. <laughs> uh, no cartoon surgery is complete without a chainsaw. Strong union. Oh, here comes baby Herman. He's <laughs> chasing the bottle. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, is that an iron lung? Is that what that's? Oh, no. It's it says a... radioactive. I don't really know exactly what it's supposed to be, but I also do not know medical appliances <laughs> like at all. I was going to say, it looked like, that's why I thought it was atomic an iron Atomic hair splitter. I'm going to go ahead and intended. say that there's not an atomic hair splitter in the hospital. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is just grade A slapstick. Tex Avery work at his finest. Yeah. Um, did they Now, Tex Avery uh, didn't do any of these, though, right? No, of course them. not. Okay. But it's clearly inspired. Oh, There's yeah. a little bit, I think, of all of the classic animators work in these. Mm-hmm. You see influence. You, just watching the influence, you could see style influence of uh, Chuck Jones, Chris Freeling, Bob mm-hmm. Clampett, and definitely Tex Avery. I was going to say, so far, all I've seen is Tex Avery here. This feels almost like, like a droopy dog. You know, or uh, or a wolfy cartoon. Shh. And, and there goes the There's rattle. rattle again. <laughs> uh, uh, the parents I, I out there. This should go without saying, but a diaper does not make a good parachute. <laughs> hey, there's, there's your droopy. <laughs> there's droopy. I need to be around here somewhere. not fast enough (laughs) (laughs) what cracks me up about this is is knowing that baby herman is actually like a you know a middle-aged you know grumpy man yeah (laughs) because we all keep we all know hospitals just keep piles of ethanol yep you know and there goes the rattle again. <laughs> wow, this feels like like a classic animator's just dream come true. Like I, like you can do anything you want in these cartoons. You, every gag you've ever thought of, every ode to a gag you've ever thought of, and there's no limitations because this feels this. Feels and there's like the jer- part that will never change. Yeah, this feels like you know Journey playing the greatest hits here. Exactly. And gulp. And here comes the tie into the movie. There it is. (laughs) 
I so it's funny. I I got the impression that they were going to sh- cut the cartoon short and then have him walk off set, not end it the way that they are. Which it, it's amusing. I I just thought like they would like they messed up a take or something and got frustrated and walked off set instead of it. It's naturally ending, yelling cut, and then you just kind of see the after aftermath. I just love all the little Easter eggs. Like the, you, you got the bottles there on the cart that mm-hmm. Jessica was pushing. You could see the backgrounds they were pushing out of the way, including the the map for when they were blown up into the atmosphere. I half expected them to pan right and see Bugs Bunny's song off Florida. South America, take it away. All right. So next one is uh, Roller Coaster Rabbit. And I'm now getting the Touchstone Pictures uh, logo. Where are you at? Matt, Baby Herman, Raja, are you with me? Well, that's weird. Roller Coaster Rabbit's not on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, no, I'm watching these on YouTube. Oh, that's why. That's why mine was a little delayed. Okay, okay. hang on a second. Give me. Let me All pull right. up in the right, uh, right. So, engine here. And then um, I'm just after the Roller Coaster Rabbit logo has gone away. All right, just give me a second here. Um, mm-hmm. Is this the uh, eight-minute one or the 751-minute uh, one? 751. Thanks. While you're doing that, um, uh, let me tell you about another sponsor of ours, another Thing that we're doing for our great audience members and that is a giveaway of the amazon music unlimited service yes sir bob um the link in the description is get amazon music.com slash w2m network uh if you click it you fill out the information you get a free 30-day trial of amazon music unlimited on us you can stream all you want, get all the new albums. Uh, we use it all the time on the Metal Hammer of Doom. It's great. If you like it, you keep it. You pay the monthly fee. If not, you cancel it. No fuss, no muss. All right, you ready? Yeah, you said uh, the Roger... Ro- okay, the Maroon cartoon logo just showed up. Okay, I'm at 25 seconds. Okay, hang on a second. I can... Uh... Yep. All right, three, two, one, press play. Go. Balloon, State Fair. Here you go, go to State Fairs very often? Um, they have them here in Florida and we've been to them. My wife doesn't love them. So we don't go as often as everybody else here in Florida, though. The kids do get the day off of school for it. Last time I went to a state fair was actually Andre and I went up to uh, Minnesota to visit some friends and mm-hmm. the state fair was going on at the same time. And the big takeaway I remember from that was, oh my God, my arteries hurt just looking at all the fried food. Oh, that's the best part of it. I'll tell you, um, we had a state fair drive through uh, last year, and that's, that was when I was going through all the problems with my jaw. And I've never been so angry as my kids and my wife walking into the house with all this great state food fair from this drive through they went through and me not being able to eat any of it. Uh, Actually, the what, one part I loved the most here? was, uh, yep, okay, so once again, he's in charge of watching the baby wall, right. um, Mother Dear, mm-hmm. is taken off, and now we got the why conflict he, with the balloon. Why was he painting her nails? basically his way of saying i don't know it was just his way of sucking up gotcha anyone who has taken their children to a park knows that the worst the most annoying thing to get them is a balloon (laughs) seriously before i went to disney world i watched one of those like you know best souvenirs to get worst souvenirs to get Mm -hmm. kind of thing and they openly said one of the worst souvenirs to get is a balloon (laughs) like it's not worth it oh and you think you're doing good by tying it onto your kid's stroller well guess what every other parent thinks that so it's not gonna help <laughs> so the bait so the plot of this- a cigar, I, what like play tune 
Woohoo! Yeah, you can't get away with that joke either anymore. Definitely not. So the baby has crawled into a game where you throw darts at balloons, trying to get a balloon back. Up. Definitely don't see that game at uh, carnivals anymore. <laughs> My phone fell over. Just keep going. I love that gang. I got a headache, but it's just a little one. Uh, there, there's another carnival ride you don't get anymore with the shotguns. <laughs> Too many parents worry that their kids are going to pull their guns in the wrong direction, like what's happening to Roger there. What time? What time are you up to? Uh, two forty-nine. I can pause it if you want. No, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, I might be a little behind you now. But oh, my fine. God. The tongue is full of holes from the shotguns, too. My <laughs> God, it looks like baloney. All right. So the baby is now uh, trying to get this balloon, and he has crawled into these gears. And now Roger's getting sucked into the gears. Owie. Yep. Now it goes. God. I know it's the state fair, but the security's coming across more like a freaking just regular traveling carnival. Prize bowl, keep out. <laughs> Baby! Uh, thank you, Roger. We don't need to know that what you're covering in smells bad. Minor thing, but I love the animation here. Just the, it sounds weird, but like the textures, the way that Roger's grabbing the bull's nose mm -hmm. here and the way it's just kind of bouncing around a bit. Mm -hmm. It sounds bizarre, but it, it, I just really appreciate the little extra things of how you can see the hand pushing on the bull's nose and you can yeah. see how it pushes back. It, it, it's an attention to detail that makes, you know, that makes the, the watching it something you might not even notice that. And first, there's that but... attention to detail. That's not going to get aired on kids TV anymore. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I do uh, love immediately Roger is like, I'm a vegetarian. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the barbed wire. <laughs> uh, you a roller coaster <laughs> fan? Yeah. And fortunately, as I've gotten older, I've realized I have to do yoga after I do a roller coaster. Otherwise, my <laughs> body hates me. <laughs> Oh, there's floor. It's like, again, Bugs Bunny needs to saw that state off. <laughs> and again, we get what is actually a pretty fun little bit of first person perspective on the roller coaster. That's pretty amusing. Yeah. You, you actually kind of want to just bounce around. With it. Don't stand up. God, this thing will give you a vertical we it. stare at it too long. <laughs> <laughs> the hell the roller coaster fell apart that wasn't even rogers doing it just broke <laughs> indiana jones here in the temple of doom Ugh. And they, right off that's a very tex avery deal right there Ex oh yeah, he did that in a previous cartoon yeah and there's jessica or obligatory jessica <laughs> <laughs> I love that even Roger is like, I don't get the point of that joke. Oh my God, the dip joke. That was, I'm sorry, that was just a little bit of brilliance. I love that. <laughs> Again, it's like, how is this roller coaster falling apart? Roger had nothing to do with it breaking. This thing just is horribly unstable. <laughs> this roller coaster goes on forever. 
Yeah, maybe one roller coaster that lasts this long in real uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I hate to say it. Every time uh, they break into real world, there it actually just kind of knocks you back a little bit because you get the fast. Okay, see that when they came out of the film and into real life again. This is what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> of course uh -huh. we've got a fireman on stand on the set because no, Lord knows Roger probably needs it. Is that Steve Buscemi? <laughs> no, what it look like. I thought it looked like John Waters. You know what? Even better, yeah, John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> you ever notice the two women in the background who were clearly just being <laughs> told to gush that they were in the presence of Roger Rabbit? All right, let's go to the next one. Last one here. This is Roger Rabbit short number three, Trail Mix-Up. All right. Uh, the 9 minute 10 one or? I don't know. I've got a commercial. I, I don't do ad blocker. Um, I don't either. Uh, let's see here. 8 minute 53 seconds. That's the one I've got. All right, just give me a second here to get up to the same level as you. Okay, I'm at 18 seconds. Okay. All right, three, two, one, press play. A maroon cartoon. What a maroon. I just love that opening shot there, though, with Roger dangling off the clip and, mm. <laughs> and Herman's got the axe. Ah, uh, yes, a very serene scene, which I'm sure will be... Uh, ruined immediately. Ruined immediately, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave the little detail, the raccoon getting into the picnic basket. Yellow stain. I, I don't think I've ever heard that gag done before again. Mm -hmm. Very telling about our culture, though. They Like, you know, we have a national park and it's just being polluted and destroyed by picnic goers. They brought a vacuum. Nice. All right, so the setup to all of these is that Herman, something happens to him and he cries. <laughs> is that what's happening here? Well, the setup of the joke is always that Mama De Mother Deer here is going off on her own and Roger's in charge of watching Herman and something is going to distract Herman long enough that Roger is going to, you know, have trouble getting to him. And here she's going hunting. Right. And yeah, I love it. It's just, what's the line here? It's like taking baby Herman hunting would be dangerous. And Roger goes, "Well, leaving him here with me's no picnic." <laughs> nice rabbit yeah. season opens today. Perfect. Great again. Great little touch there with him using his ears to make it look like the coonskin cap. That's cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because lord knows we need any park ranger would be wearing those shoes yes it, it, it makes sense to wear your high heels in the, in the national park that's got to be jessica rabbit no well, of course yeah she is sexy park ranger in I've seen heels i've seen many films open this way not the kind that we can talk about without being demonetized though not the know. kind you could talk about in the presence of your son is he still in the background no he's back in his room <laughs> <laughs> After the third time I told him he's not on this podcast, he went away. <laughs> uh, no truer truths have ever been spoken that a woman drives a man to set himself on fire. I 
love this bit with the bug. It's like, I feel so in tune. Yeah, this is so of so many people I know that they say they love being in the wilderness with the minute that something actually touches them. Get it off, get it off, get it off. Yeah. And he's, of course, killed everything around him. Yeah. All right. So at least this is a little bit different than the last two. We're not trying to get a rattle out of the kid's mouth uh, that the child wants desperately, nor are we trying to get him a balloon. This is just the child causing havoc in the woods. Well, not to mention there's multiple things in the woods that we can use to have mm-hmm. to grab the child's attention. It doesn't have to be just one thing. First, yeah. it's the bug. Then it's uh, the bees. And of course, we all know where this is going. Yep. Boom, right on the head. Do not disturb the bees. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Again, the background animators put so many little details into this. It's brilliant. Hey, you. <laughs> I want to say there was a little uh, early computer animation there used to create the, the B plane. Yeah, I was going to say. Not the I, plane, just, the B I, plane. Knew, I knew as soon as I saw the, um, the, the bunch of bees, I was wondering what they were going to what thing they were going to form would it be a you know a, a fist a boxing glove or you know turned into a biplane and there's our obligatory droopy dog uh yeah parent. and here comes our other character for this the beaver oh my god when he bites the tail ah you feel that let <laughs> <laughs> me spits up the cotton <laughs> Uh, and of course no matter what how good roger tries to be (laughs) i I enjoy the fact that when roger's chasing him he's just he's not yelling out herman he's just yelling out baby baby come back yeah the sawmill <laughs> oh my god god take a drink when you've heard in a cartoon parody or otherwise the phrase not the used <sighs> oh my god i okay and yeah it, it, well it's so funny because you sometimes wonder you realize that yeah with roger was there baby would fall victims because he actually is helping but of course everything he does Bounces back at him and ow. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, this stuff is just grade A slapstick. I love it. Mm. You got to feel sorry for the poor beaver that's getting dragged around by his tail now. Ah, we have a log flume. Whee! Ah, I do love a good log flume ride. Hmm. It's poor beaver. Leave the damn... Like Elmira here. Leave the beaver Exactly alone. what I was just saying. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> How has this not been turned into a ride at Disney? Um... Wasn't Splash Mountain kind of like this? Yeah, this but this exact thing, Roger Rabbit's log flume. I guess because it's, this is not very well known. 
Roger Rabbit, unfortunately, doesn't really exist at Disney parks anymore. Yeah. Uh, did, um, am I correct? Aren't they doing like a remake of Roger Rabbit of some kind? I swear to God, if they do, I am getting a pitchfork. <laughs> I thought I read something about that. I have to go back and do some research. I know I, I know. I was looking at the anniversary. There's been talk about wanting to do an on trial for Roger Rabbit uh, for a couple of years now. And I and me trying to find a good date to do that. That yeah, would be a reason to like an anniversary or something. And that's where I, old predictable I know, geyser. <laughs> I know, like, there's been Roger Rabbit comics. Um, apparently, the, the original film was actually based on a book. It was called Who Censored Roger Rabbit, which, right. hold on, oh, my God, I love this bit here with Mount Rushmore. This yeah. is great. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, I think the startled faces there were designed by uh, Tim Burton. He was an animator for Disney for a while. I swear the way they <laughs> their eyes shoot up like that is like that. That looks so much like the large Marge bit from mm -hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Just like that yeah. has to be a leftover Tim Burton thing. That's that's one we need to talk about some days. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not on on trial. That's you and Comer. No, on trial is anyone that shows up. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that there is no. That's my the only. That's my really no. Let me take that back. There is no that's my show anymore. At this point, it's anything's up for grabs for, for anyone that's available. All right, okay. folks. Um, yeah, so if there's ever, so it's just sometimes I do things as on trial. Sometimes I do them as triple features. Or it kind of depends on how much I want to talk about any individual movie. All right, folks. That is our review and our watch along for Chippendale uh, Park Life and the three Roger Rabbit shorts. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you find us. We're on any podcatcher. You can find um, the big ones, obviously, YouTube uh spotify etc we're also i'm uh, sorry apple music spotify we're also on youtube we stream live on twitch so wherever you found us uh we're w2mnet.com that's our website where all of our shows are posted a lot of old stuff is being reposted that never made the site before so as of today um i'm taking my kids to the fathom event tonight for the rocky four directors cut with 40 more minutes of extra footage which i'm excited about um, so in honor of that, I reposted the Rocky Four soundtrack review in the on trial we did for Rocky Four. It is Veterans Day as we're recording this. Myself and Andrew Graham uh, reviewed Band of Brothers from HBO. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, very uh, sad, but also fun to talk about. And then uh, in addition to which, uh, tonight, myself and Ronnie Adams will be reviewing Heels uh, for the first season on Star, starring former Arrow star uh, Stephen Amell. Uh, we've also got a, a review of Eternals and Titans season three. Uh, no boxing coverage this weekend. Instead, we'll be reviewing allegedly myself and Harry Broadhurst will be reviewing XPW Rebirth and House of Glory. Um, Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. And uh, this just got put on the calendar we will i will be having my friend elizabeth uh faust on the show um she did the feminist perspective on black widow i wrangled her into doing something that i have been wanting to do for a while now it was just trying to figure out who to do it with and uh she is actually a musical theater person she's one of the directors my my daughter works with in her musical theater group so uh, i got her on the talk tick tick boom there's something about jamie and diana the musical uh, and we'll be doing that Sunday night. So check that out again, w2mnet.com, wherever you can find it on any podcast or YouTube. Go ahead, Alexis, do your plugs and we'll get out of here. 
All right. Well, uh, first of all, we are going to be recording soon our uh, next uh, edition of Tripto Trivia. We're going to be recording on the 20th. Uh, we are The theme is, well, fitting well enough into this. It's going to be Disney. This is to fit in actually to the release of Encanto that's coming out soon. We're going to be uh, dividing it up into questions about Disney movies, Disney TV shows, and Disney parks. So if you enjoyed watching this because you know your facts about Chippendale and Roger Rabbit. Go ahead, drop us a uh, uh, comment on Facebook or uh, Twitter. Let us know if you're interested in playing. We're always looking for more contestants. Mark, uh, your wife will be uh, sitting in as one of the contestants on this, right? Yep. Yep. Right. And if you can't find three other people, then I will be the other one. I think David Wright said he's interested, and mm -hmm. I hopefully one of the uh, animators actually that I work with. I've uh, done helped him with the uh, illustrations for his children's books. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, he wanted originally to do uh, the Warner Brothers animation uh, month, but he had to back out because of a I don't remember. He just had to back out. Mm -hmm. But he is interested in this one, so I need to hit him up and make sure he still wants to play on this. Right. So myself and my daughter are on the bench, uh, willing to play coach if you need us. But if you can get three other people, then yeah, I'm just gonna let my wife play by herself. All right. Sounds like fun. She does know she can't phone a friend, right? You can't sit in the background yelling out, you what know. Is, what is happening? You're doing that on the 20th? Yeah, that's the same night as Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter. If you don't need me, I'll be watching. I'll be too busy watching that then to help my wife. She can, I have she, no idea what that is, but it's, whatever. It's boxing. It's, of it's, course. <laughs> What'd you call it? Sports ball once? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about the sports ball. <laughs> that's what i call any sport that i have no idea what the hell's going on all right so i hear you make jewelry and paint houses yes 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 i do hence the uh dead chipmunk rolled up in the mattress <laughs> yes honeysuckle rose creations where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic we're getting ready for our black friday sale everything in both our uh etsy and handmade at amazon shop i almost said ebay i don't sell on ebay i don't know why that <laughs> word keeps popping up in my dialect <coughs> but everything on etsy and handmade at amazon for both of our shops will be uh 20 off we're also going to be starting our charity drive from Black Friday to Christmas Eve. Every single order that is placed, every individual order, uh, we will donate $5 to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So, again, you can find us on Etsy, Handmade and Amazon. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting more notices, trying to get more items uh, fully stocked in the shops, ready to go. So... Anytime that I have not sold my soul to Mark, I have I will be uh, up in my office slaving away. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. For those of you that turn into the live stream, and if you're hearing this after the fact, again, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you found us. We appreciate you. Until next time, be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>